there literary fans and welcome to episode 95 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host Jeff and today we're reading the prologue and chapter one of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in contact with me, head over to jeffreadshisbook.com right there. There's a couple ways you can reach me as we start this new and exciting book. And while you're there, uh, you should buy a copy of one of the other books I wrote. Uh, two of them are for sale. You can get Bringing Balance or Offworlder. And uh, maybe if I'm not so lazy, I'll get this book and Homecoming up on there, huh? Just still haven't done it. You know, I know a lot of people are completionists and want the whole set, am I right? And by a lot of people, I'm guessing it's on the order of two. <laughs> and one might be me. <laughs> Wow, we are back. It is late March, so about a month and a half later than I wanted to start this. And uh, we're going to get into a new book I wrote. Uh, I've been kind of delaying this because I've been trying to think of like a title for the book. I didn't have one going in because I didn't have a story going into writing the book. And I'm not even sure I really like this title. I think Powerless, that works. It's one word, pretty simple. I don't know any other books called that. I'm sure there are. Uh, but uh, we've talked about this book. So this book, I wrote 20. Uh, it is another National Novel Writing Month book, because I wouldn't do this if it wasn't National Novel Writing Month. Am I right? I mean, that'd be stupid. Uh, and uh, let's see, what is there to say about it? So it does fall in between Offworlder and Bring Balance, right? Uh, so basically, we start somewhere after Offworlder, and we're going to end you know, before Bringing Balance takes place. Uh, if you remember that, we'll follow along in the book, but, you know, if you remember the early podcast episodes, you know how Bringing Balance starts. So that should, you know, imply a few things about how this book is going to end. And I think that was one of the hardest parts of writing this book. Don't get me wrong, it's bad. I didn't try that hard. But it was hard because um, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room, right? Uh, we I, Knowing what has to happen makes it kind of lame. I don't know. Um, so it makes it kind of the opposite of, like, Star Wars movies, right? Well, no, I take that back. Like, the first three, they suck really bad, right? Episodes one through three. Um, I was just using, like, Rogue One as an example. That's a good movie. I like Rogue One. And, you know, it has to end such that uh, a new hope can take place. So that's kind of fun in that it worked there. But it, the other three are bad examples. So I don't think we can hold that as a rule. Also, Solo, a Star Wars story, sucked ass too. I think. I think I finished it. Whatever. I don't know why we're talking about another, like, fantasy universe when we have the one I wrote right here. And it's just so, so good. Am I right? Okay. What are we dealing with today? I mean, you know, let's just... What else is there to say about this? What have you guys been doing, huh? We're really, what, we got a pandemic still or something like that? Is that what's happening outside? It's hard to tell because all the restaurant parking lots are full around my house because people are idiots. Um, yeah, so nothing else has been happening. You know, weather's starting to get nice again. Spring's on the way in. Uh, I'm going to plant some vegetables today in little cups to help them grow before I put them outside. 
Uh, that's about it. That's all that's been going on in my life. Oh, and taxes. Got to get my taxes done. If you're not an American, you might not understand how painful a process this is. <laughs> and it's not painful from like the money standpoint. It's painful from the what the fuck am I supposed to do here step. So, all right. Why don't we talk about this stupid book we're reading? Oh, and it is bad. So, uh, as I said, uh, we're going to read prologue in chapter one. Uh, it's about a hundred lines total we're going to get through. Yeah, that's right. I don't have like a paper copy of this. Um, it takes place shortly after Offworlder. So I, it's a little amorphous to know when after Offworlder this takes place. But I don't think it's important. Um, it, it's a pretty dull start to the book, though. Uh, I will say, like, uh, one thing I did with this is the prologue is one of those, like, uh, glimpses into the future and then we get back to the story. You know, like how uh, a lot of Lifetime movies seem to start that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cops find a body, and then they say, like, three days earlier, and it's a girl on a date with her abusive boyfriends. Yeah, yeah, you get it. So uh, I, I've tried to do, like, one of those kind of prologues, and I don't think I labeled it as such. It doesn't say, like, three weeks earlier or anything like that. Probably because I had no, like, concept of how time flows in this book. Because, again, it stinks. It's not a very good book. But I don't know. I guess there's nothing much else to say about it. So why don't we just go ahead and dive in to the prologue in Chapter 1. Before we start, can I just make it perfectly clear that I as I am as embarrassed about this book as any of the ones I've read so far. It might be the worst yet. I feel like there's a lot of... It's not like a coherent story um i tried to make it a coherent story it just wasn't it's it's it was like a rush to type words into a computer it, uh, it's pretty bad um wow i'm really selling this you know what i should let this literary work speak for itself maybe um it'll come off as like some uh, genius stream of consciousness book <laughs> so anyway for today's book i am reading or ah god damn it I am reading Powerless, but I am drinking some very rare Buffalo Trace. That's right, folks. I did get some Buffalo Trace this week. Pulled into the liquor store thinking I was going to get, I don't know, like Jim Beam. And boom, they had tons of freaking Buffalo Trace. Very hard to get in Ohio. I bought myself a goddamn handle of it. A big-ass bottle. A little expensive, but, you know, I remember the guy at the liquor store is like, you're going to... He's, I said, I, he's like, so you're going to get some? Because he was looking at me because I was staring at him. I'm like, I'm just trying to decide if I should get the big bottle or just go with a small one. And he's like, uh, what he said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to drink it or are you just going to like put it in the cabinet in the back? You know, keep it for a while? I'm like, no, I'm drinking this stuff. He's like, just get the big one. <laughs> he made a good point. It's all going to go down my throat at some point, huh? Mm. Buffalo Trace is so freaking good. Mm. I... I've had more expensive whiskeys. I still like Buffalo Trace the most. It's awesome. If you can get it, you should. It's delicious. Yes. All right. Why don't we read this uh, prologue? As I said, the prologue like takes place in the future, and then we go back and tell the story leading up to it. How exciting. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Been a while since I've done this. Got to clear the throat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. He tried to sit along the curved stone surface of the culvert, struggling to keep from sliding down towards the dark, muddy water. 
Though it flowed slowly, the smell was repulsive. Ooh, open sewer! That's a downside to living in the world of magic, am I right? (laughs) Furthermore, in the darkness under the bridge, he couldn't see what might be in the stream. Henry sighed and wrapped his arms around his knees. Wiggling his toes in his boots, he tried to remember what having dry socks felt like. He found he couldn't remember and frowned. He longed to return to his little cottage and his bed. Further down to his right, under the stone bridge, the three younger mages he had been escorting looked filthy. He had... he Okay, that's... I don't know where I got the he from. It made him wonder if he looked as unfortunate as them at the moment. The two closest to him stared at the underside of the bridge expectantly, with worried faces. The third just looked straight ahead, but the darkness hid his countenance. The voice of the innkeeper was suddenly audible above him on the bridge. Four of them, yes. They took this road out of town. I suggested this way just as you wanted. Henry grimaced at that last statement. Nobody would be helping them. Another man spoke. They'll be ours soon enough. You've done well. Anything to stop these rebels, said the innkeeper with a slight lisp, apparently. (laughs) Silence returned. Looking up with his eyes closed. So he's not looking. Oh, all right. Henry wondered. (laughs) I think turning his head. All right. Looking up with his eyes closed. (laughs) Henry wondered what the point of any of this was anymore. Ooh, drinking break, because it's the end of the prologue. Hmm. You know, what do I want to say about this? I've already, I, I edited the first, like, three chapters of this book so far, plus prologue, and already it, it just stinks. So, I mean, looking up with his eyes closed, who says that? That does that yeah, makes me so mad. Okay. Uh, all right, all right. Let me have another sip here. Mm, this is so good. Oh, mm. Here we go. So we have a Henry sighting. I guess that's exciting. Chapter one. Margot, ooh, <clears throat> Margot walked briskly. Let's just start again, shall we? Margot walked briskly up the crushed stone path, leading to Henry's cottage. I like when I add just spurious uh, setting, like crushed stone path. <laughs> Sir Roland had intelligence about a ah oh, damn it screensaver, a detachment of magistrates mages just a half-day's journey away, and she had volunteered herself and Henry to investigate. Ooh, she knew he'd be willing if she asked personally. As opposed to what, email? I mean, (sighs) I had to scroll down, sorry people. Arriving at his house, she knocked lightly on the door. Ah, ah, sound effects. Uh, when there was no answer, she opened the door and stepped inside. Having assumed he must be asleep, she was surprised to find the single-room home empty. Studio living, nice. His kitchen area was tidy, though, and his bed was made, suggesting that he hadn't left in a hurry. Well, that's certainly... Why would he have? It's the first chapter. (laughs) Walking to his writing desk, she flipped idly through a notebook he left close. Close? Closed? What is that supposed to be? I don't know what that's supposed to be. Placing it back, she growled in impatience and started back to the door. 
But before she could reach it, the door swung open and Henry entered, almost skipping. Margo! he exclaimed. What are you doing here? He continued with a wide grin. Where were you? she asked, crossing her arms, annoyed at his mood. Appearing to miss her annoyance, he started excitedly. Do you remember when Janie mentioned that there were these amazing cookies and that a new that new baker in... Wow, I was trying to make it sound like a five-year-old, but I can't read. Do you remember when Janie mentioned that there were these amazing cookies at that new baker in Sandhill? When Margot did not respond, he continued. So I went down there this morning, and I had to stand in a line, but it was totally worth it. Here, try this. Almond and something. I forget. I'm going to make a note. That's, uh, there's a good thing in here about uh, for a discussion question. Right? Let's just write that down. Perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you know what my discussion question is going to be, hit pause and write into the show. Jeffreesisbook.com. Okay. Um, no, thank you, she said coolly. Henry visibly deflated. Do you want to try a frosted one? No, she responded, her arms remaining crossed. After an awkward silence, Henry tried to talk, but Margot immediately cut him off because she's apparently being bitchy this morning. (laughs) We have a mission. (laughs) Looking confused, he countered, I thought we had the weekend off, finally. I volunteered us to investigate some newly arrived magistrate forces in Schiffville. Now, I'm going to say Schiffville is probably based on the shift key, and I didn't want to make it too obvious that I was using my keyboard again for town names, so uh, I took the T out. (laughs) We need to get going soon, though, because it will take well into the afternoon to get there, she explained. Still annoyed, she couldn't bring herself to uncross her arms. Henry sighed, looking at his desk. Margot assumed he probably had some plan for the next few days, but she knew their leaving was essential to driving back the magistrates. Still, she felt some sympathy for him. Aw, oh, that's nice. Softening just a bit, she said. Listen, you can bring the cookies and anything else you want, since we'll be since we'll just be riding along the road anyway. I think that's inaccurate, actually. My dryer's done. Reaching for his hand, she smiled. And we'll have a few calm hours together. Henry nodded. All right, but I'm bringing the cookies. She already said you could, you dumbass. And that is a drinking break. (laughs) I'm going to pause and deal with laundry and drink some of this delicious whiskey. Okay, we're back. The dryer's going if anybody's following along at home. Mm, And some whiskey time. Mm. I don't think you guys can hear the dryer. I know the people in the live studio audience can, right? You guys hear the dryer? Okay, if it buzzes, why don't you tell me? All right, all right. They seem like they're amenable to that. Okay, why don't we keep reading, huh? Is this book so exciting? Are you excited for a mission? Ooh. (laughs) All right. Six hours later, oh, God, walking along the road, (laughs) Henry turned to Margot saying, I was under the impression that we'd be taken to this town because she did say that they were going to just ride to town. So, (sighs) all right. We had to find our own way, she explained. It's not my fault that nobody wants to go to Schiffville. Maybe they want to go to Caps Lock City. (laughs) Okay, that was a good joke. Um, 
No, I mean, why didn't we just get someone from the Temple of Sandhill to take us? I think that's supposed to be Or Sandhill, but I, it's never been called the Temple of Sandhill. Has it? Hmm, maybe. I don't know. Uh, temple isn't capitalized, though, so I'm thinking it's supposed to be Or. All right. Okay. I'm not going to change it, though. Too obvious, Margot said. Uh, blah, blah. Why is it too obvious? Anybody got any guesses on that? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. Okay. All right, let's keep moving. After a moment of silence, Henry replied, Not that obvious to me. I mean, I guess it would cost a bit, and we'd... Margot cut him off laughing. No, too obvious if we ride in from the temple. We don't want anyone knowing we came from there. Ah, got it. But why would they care that we came from there, he asked. Well, apparently, the senior leadership... Ugh, this is going to be like another corporate novel, isn't it? <laughs> ...has information that anyone from our parts should be viewed with extreme suspicion, Margot related. I guess we're a hotbed of anti-magistrate activity. That's fair, Henry said. When Margot looked at him, he shrugged. We are, aren't we? We just don't want them to recognize us or anything, she said, as they neared the top of a gentle hill. Oh, it's a good, good people walking on me. See, it's a gentle hill. Oh, I'll be nice on your feet. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good joke. I'm going to have some more whiskey. <laughs> hmm. Henry pondered the situation because Jeff needed filler, wondering if perhaps they would already know who he and Margo were, regardless of their origin. He had built somewhat of a reputation. Wow, ego much? And Margot was not exactly hard to miss with her black hair and impeccable posture and her... He realized he was eyeing her and, looking to her face, realized she had noticed. Ret uh, what a, he's creeping out again. God damn. Returning to the matter at hand. You know, it doesn't bode well that I wrote that. That makes me seem kind of creepy, too. Do you think? I think it does. Yeah. Oh, well. Returning to the matter at hand, he said, You don't think we'll be we'll personally be recognized? Shouldn't it be, be personally recognized? I don't know. You don't think we'll personally be recognized? Margot stopped for a minute. <gasps> her mouth opened slightly. <laughs> when Henry stopped to turn to her, he, she said, You think they'll be looking for us? When he shrugged, she continued, Okay. I can probably cast a weak spell, but I can't maintain it all evening. We'll need to find somewhere safe to sleep. Probably not the inn if we're, they're seeking us out, and we'll need backstories. Henry waved his hand, saying, Eh, I doubt they're looking for us. I actually simplified that sentence. I had a lot more words. Eh, I doubt they'd be looking for us. Some, like, past-future participle. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't bother. When she... What is a past participle? I don't remember all my uh, um, conjugations. Yeah, what did all those mean? Anybody remember? Right into the show! JeffReadsHisBook.com Been a while took I, since I took grammar. Okay. Is that grammar? I feel like that's grammar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, bloop, 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 bloop. Okay, I could probably... Blah, 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 blah. I doubt they'd be looking for us. Um, I wouldn't bother. When she scowled at him playfully, he said... Let's just go into town and see what's going on. No disguises, no backstory. I would make a backstory. That's what I always liked about Archer when he would be, um... God. Oh, Randy. Yeah, when he's always Randy Randerson. Yeah, come on. Make up a good backstory. 
Why not? I'm sure we'll be fine. I mean, they are wizards already, though, so maybe a backstory is kind of lame. Ah, that's a good question, though. Backstory. Let's write that down here. I got two discussion questions queued up. Oh, baby. All right. Um, pointing down the road now that they had crested the low hill, low and gentle. Mm, some good walker pedestrians. I'll be soft on you. He said, and it looks like we're practically there. And that ends chapter one. I find the best way to start a fantasy novel is to um, not have any magic in the first, like, the prologue or chapter one. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say chapter two also has no magic. (laughs) Yeah, um, this really isn't hooking any readers, I don't think. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we got Margot and Henry together. Uh, You know what's interesting is I feel like at the end of Offworlder, you knew they were kind of getting it on. I mean... I feel like there was a good amount of implied sex in that book. But, uh, yeah, they don't live together. Interesting. I guess uh, Henry must be, well, he's got red hair. Maybe he's a devout Irish Catholic or something. Well, but he couldn't be because I don't believe they're, they do live together in Homecoming, but I don't think they're married in that either, right? Or at least Margot didn't take his name, but they're not, I don't think they're married. They're not married. I wrote the fucking book. They're not married. Okay. So... Interesting, interesting. So they're still in that, like, casual dating kind of scene, right? Where they still want to go home to their own houses. That's nice. I like that. Okay. I mean, if, you know, the lovely Laura is listening, that's not what I meant. I don't like not living with her, so uh, we do live together. You see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No magic, though. Big bummer, huh? Anyway... Henry looking longingly at his desk because he wasn't going to get to... I don't know. What the fuck was he doing at it? Probably balancing his checkbook or something. Yeah, yeah. That's my guess. I don't know. What else is there to say? Margot was being a little bit bitchy at the beginning, but that's not uncommon for her character, I suppose. Henry's being a little naive and silly. Not uncommon. Okay, so we're... Getting back into this. If nobody's listened to the podcast before, I mean, this is a fine book to start with. I mean, you don't need to know Margot and Henry. They're very shallow characters. So, yeah, I think that chapter summed them both up. We're good. Yeah, well, except they do both have very strong magical abilities, which maybe we'll get to see by chapter six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These fantasy novels stink. Uh, you know, one thing, I'm going to give a little spoiler. There's going to be a lot of paperwork in this one. <laughs> Ooh, maybe next chapter. Jesus Christ, this comes on quick, huh? All right. I guess you write about what write about what you know about, right? Was that what? What do they say? I don't know that the like the what's familiar. So yeah, I'm really into paperwork, especially right now when I'm trying to do my goddamn taxes. <laughs> okay, let's do some discussion questions. Okay. Remember, write into the show at jeffreadsisbook.com. Hit me up on email, Twitter, yada, yada, yada. Okay, here we go. First question. Okay, Henry said he stood in line to get some freaking cookies at a bakery. Would you stand in line for cookies? Now, I'm not talking about the, like, cookie shack at the amusement park, right, where there's, like, four people in line, and you want that $6 chocolate chip, giant chocolate chip cookie that's not even that giant. Like, you could, for $4, you could get that one that Pizza Hut makes in the pizza oven. Maybe that's Domino's. Doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying. 
Um, way overpriced. But that doesn't count. You're in an amusement park. You'll wait like 20 minutes to get a think of, thing of fries. You know what I'm saying? Amusement parks are, for me, they're really about just eating. So, uh, at this point, ooh, ooh. Like, we go to one Cedar Point here in Ohio. If you've never heard of it and never been, you're missing out because it's freaking amazing. And uh, they have the uh, best deal in the park is if you go back into, like, you know, uh, the Wild West land there, one of the food stands has a giant pickle for a dollar. That's how you fill up at a freaking amusement park. You eat a giant pickle. That's cheap. It's only a buck. And uh, it's probably a little more healthy than the corn dogs. But although corn dogs rule too, don't they? Mm. Okay. Right into the show if you like corn dogs and pickles. Okay. I'd eat both. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um, Would you stand in line for cookies? So what I'm thinking about here in reality is like down the street from us, we have some freaking store that has macarons and cupcakes and like every saturday when we go grocery shopping it's a fucking giant line like out the door and down the street to get your macarons would you wait in line for that bullshit i wouldn't that's insane i how possibly good could they be they could be damn good and i still wouldn't wait in that line jesus christ um now that said i have waited out outside for donuts because this place was talked up about having awesome donuts. It's one of those gourmet donut places where they put, like, fucking, I don't know, bacon and, like, a whole slice of cake on top of a donut. Which, it's fine. I like a powdered donut, too. So, you know, let's calm down, people. But I waited in line there once. And, you know, I think it's telling that I haven't waited in line there since. So that says something, I suppose. I really like donuts, but I don't need them to be fancy. A plain donut... Like a cake donut? Oh, that's so good. Okay. Would you stand in line for cookies? Right into the show. Tell me. Okay. Second second question. Okay, so Margo said they needed backstories, okay? What is your backstory? And by that, I mean, like, when you need, like, a fake backstory. What's your backstory, right? Uh, I'm trying to think if I've ever given, like, a... The closest I used to tell people at college, just to see if anybody would react... Like that, um, I'm trying to think if I did any, I, I don't really have any other like backstories, but the closest I can get is I used to tell people that I was a, a arithmetic major in college and n- maybe once ever was I called out on it. Somebody was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I would tell professors that, that weren't in my major. What's your major? Arithmetic. <laughs> so everybody thought I was an arithmetic major and like my off major classes, I guess that's my best backstory, which makes me seem kind of sad. I guess I don't lie enough. Is that something? I don't lie enough? I don't know. Who am I going to lie to? I don't speak to people. Yeah. Oh, one second. I'll be right back. Sorry about that. I am back to finish this podcast. Does anybody remember what we were talking about? Just backstory. But if you have, like, a good backstory you lie, you use to, like, lie, but what do I want to say... Not like in a creepy, illegal way, <laughs> which I guess most backstories are. I don't know. Right into the show. Go to jeffreadshisbook.com. I know I say it quickly most of the time. Uh, there's a couple links there. You can hit me up on email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. Yes, the 100 is numbers. Look on the website. It's right there. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at FortranJeff, all one word. 
And you can hit me up on Mastodon if you're a huge nerd. I am Jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. Well, we're back with the podcast weekly from now on. Uh, This is going to be an exciting book in that it's really bad, so you guys might like listening to me read it. Okay? So anyway, until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.